You're listening to Built on Bees, your weekly OSU Beavers podcast for fans and by fans. You can listen, subscribe, and share the show on your favorite podcast player and follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Built on Bees. And like the show on Facebook, just search Built on Bees. You can also contact the BOB crew by sending an email to builtonbees at gmail.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Michael Nolan Design, a freelance graphic designer in the Willamette Valley area, the mastermind behind Built on Beeves logo. If you'd like to check out some of his work or if you'd like him to help you create a logo for your own company, go on over to Instagram and follow him at Michael Nolan Design. Feel free to shoot him a message if you're interested in working with him. Again, that is at Michael Nolan Design. Now on to the next episode of Built on Beeves with your B.O.B. crew, Zeke, Nate, and Eric. Welcome to Built on Beeves. My name is Eric. I am joined by Zeke and Nate. On today's episode, we are going to recap the Beavers' first win in football of 2019 against Cal Poly. We also have a special guest on the show, Susie Cavanaugh, former OSU women's golfer and former UConn hockey player that's going to be joining. So we're excited about that. And we got the rundown at the end. I'll just go ahead and get started and admit I was wrong yes, about the were. Beavers. And yeah, Cal we are not going to let you let that But go. isn't it good I'm just open about it? I'm coming out with it. I'm bringing it into the light right now. You're just trying to let us like move past it like it was nothing. Hey, I, I'm no also going to no say. No big deal. I don't think I'm it's that big I'm also going to say that I'm the one who predicted that. I think you did too, Zeke. Yeah, so we're definitely. both on that train. But mm-hmm. I said this is a statement when they're coming out. They're going to dominate Cal Poly. And it's going to propel them on to Stanford. And, and that's undefeated what we're season. doing. No, I did not say that. That's Zeke. That's Zeke. I, I, I so did, Zeke I never is running Zeke, with hey, the... I just want to let you know right now. I'm Zeke, just saying. Three Zeke's fucking college playoff tickets. He just got him this three, past... Three and oh over here for picks. And I predicted they'd dominate. I will admit that first drive had me questioning all of that. But, oh, man. I got to be honest. Yeah, that first Cal Poly drive... now. I got to I got a chance to see some of the YouTube like highlights of Cal Poly and that is what they were doing. They have the they were running an option, then once in a while you'd see that deep ball, and that's what we got burned on in that first drive. Tell you what though, that defense didn't look back oh, after yeah. that. So our coaching staff, our players locked in on that, figured it out. Props yeah. to that defense, props to Tim Tibisar, the defensive coordinator executing not getting down that first drive and just kind of be like, what's happening? They stuck to their game plan, held them to seven. Yeah, Beavers won 45 to seven, and Luton was 17 of 22 for 255 yards and four TDs, and that's just a half of work for him, right? Yeah, just a half. And then actually the leading rusher, B.J. Baylor, seven carries for 101 yards and one TD. Now that is fun because that speaks to just the depth of our backfield. Like that is a stacked backfield even across the country just guys coming in mm-hmm. i mean i think we saw five four or five even running backs play that game yeah because you got jamar jefferson you got artavius pierce you got bj and then i think there's Cal, another uh, tyler jr calvin yeah. tyler jr honestly jefferson and pierce is enough so it's even they, more they stacked. are they really are yeah. they are they're, they're they're legit ball players and we saw jefferson take it to the house. Uh, he's had that injury that boot on kind of hobbling after the Hawaii game. Yeah. I don't think it's anything serious, but... I yeah, so. I must have totally missed the reports on that all week. 
didn't know about it. I think, Nate, you texted me when you're at the game, like, yeah, hey, why isn't Jefferson playing? I'm used to texting Eric and another friend, and we kind of send a feed. And I was sending that, like, right at the start of the game, because I was at the game. I said, are you guys hearing it? Because they were watching on TV of why Jamar isn't playing. I didn't hear anything back for like 45 minutes. Yeah, that's on me. <laughs> Man. It was, it was funny, too. And then the other friend was saying about me, yeah, Eric's definitely not looking at his phone. Still not near his phone. So, but we got you the news that you needed when you eventually, or was it too, did you figure it out by I mean, then? I kind of at that point assumed. So, so Nate, what, what was it like there at Reeser? Because I, I watched from home, obviously. So what, what was the feel like? What was the environment like? I mean, it's still, I mean, it's, it's a early afternoon game, um, kind of coming off a pretty heartbreaking loss against Hawaii. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's what it could have been. I would say at that, I feel like every time I've gone to game two, like the start of the game is always pretty light. People are tailgating and kind of working their way into research. So that's kind of, I'm always discouraged by that a little bit. It's like, come on, really? Like this is our start and the stadium's like empty. Um, I would say percentage wise, we probably, I mean, a very rough estimate. I could be wrong, but it felt like maybe 40% full. Oh, really? See, it looked looked a little more Maybe that's exaggerating. It's a little surprising. But at the same time, the atmosphere wasn't bad. I mean, it was obviously, I mean, we're like, whoa, okay. We're getting to cheer a lot. That first down Mm -hmm. chant was going a lot. And so it it wasn't like the crowd there was like dead. They were alive. Um, But I just, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see that crowd and that fan boost come back a little more. And we're going to be having the students come back. And I think that Stanford game is going to be a, a big game, but they'll tell you the attendance. I think they said 30 something thousand, but which isn't wonder, always an accurate yeah, thing. Cause it's like yeah. tickets bought and who's actually there. But cause yeah. I think they count every season ticket holder in that. Right. And then on top of that, I think that stadium holds like 43. So, I mean, that's nearly 10,000 people missing. So, so what do you guys think? I'll answer too. I mean, Nate, you say statement win. So what does this, what does this win do? Do you think for the rest of this season? Like what, what, I mean, what do you think it does? I think it's huge. I mean, each game, I know I've said that going from Oklahoma state kind of when we did our early predictions, it just kind of, it didn't feel as big. Um, I, at the beginning of the prediction, I thought Hawaii was going to be a really big game, which I thought would be going into the Hawaii game. And then they lost that. I'm like, okay, this Cal Poly game's even more, I feel like, now a statement game. And like we mentioned before, and like I've said, since I've been here 2015, we haven't seen a domination of an FCS school. And I think that's a This sign. is probably the closest we've gotten. Well, yeah, for sure. That's what I'm saying. Like this time they actually did it. Yeah. And so I think that's a statement that bring, I'm not going to say that erases the Hawaiian Oklahoma state from their memory, but it definitely dampers it from their mind. And we have a bye week Some of those injuries, the fringe injuries that these guys have are going to kind of build their health back. And then you bring a Stanford team who does not look as intimidating as they did at the beginning of the season. They're coming to our house, to Reeser, suffering two straight just butt whoopings. Yeah. And so they're going to be kind of – their confidence isn't very high. So I think 
that Cal Poly is a huge game, getting their mojo up, that defense, getting them more confidence. Luton had a great game. Hodgins had a great game. Champ Flemings, I mean, come on. Yeah, five receptions, 142, two TDs. Yes, like he stepped up big time. And so I think that confidence is just going to ride. And this was a huge win that, I mean, it's an FCS school, which you're like, that's kind of funny that that's a statement win. But I think for this Oregon State team, it is. But this is what you're supposed to do to schools like this. That's and true. Oregon State did it. And no doubt this feels better than, you know, beating Portland State off them missing yes. a field goal. Yes, most definitely. And I think one of the other biggest things with this game is is that the second half was given over to the second stream. You know, so with the first stream in there, we could have definitely put up more points. But I think Coach Smith made a good decision to go ahead and put the second stream in there, gives Javier some um, snaps behind the ball, which <laughs> did you guys see him – uh, throw the ball and hit the back of the lineman's head. Oh, I missed it. I, Didn't see it go I down. I might have. I, I'm trying to have a little grace on him because I just mm-hmm. like Jebbia. So I'm like giving him a little more room to, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, it was, it was his, you ever seen? It's his first real playing time. Yeah, I mean, it was. Really, it, it, for the it most just, part. It just reminded me of Come On Man. Have you guys ever seen oh, that? Yeah, oh, yeah. What is that? I don't know. You it's like heard a segment come on, they do. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Oh, you're. Oh, I thought I was totally thinking of like a sport movie, like Bring It On or something. <laughs> no. And I like Bring It On. Don't get me wrong. I know Nate likes it too. He's a chick flick guy. Go ahead, Pete. Neither <laughs> here nor there. Anyway, it, 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 it is kind <laughs> of remind me. It, it, it was a come on, man moment. So, um, but anyway, because it just shows different. I mean, I think he's like six two, six three compared to Luton six seven, but. You know, and he got to take that into account when he's throwing the ball behind there. But one of the good things about, like I said, I think that statement wins, they blew him out. And that was very important for him to, for us to see because we couldn't have another Portland State game where it was close. Because if that was the case, there would be no hope for the rest of the season. But now we could look ahead to Stanford, especially on a bye week. And Stanford's not doing too good. They're really not. And the probability for us to win, beating Stanford is pretty high right now as well. Or pretty even, for our I should standards. say. Yeah, for our standards. Yeah. Pretty even. Um, well, it's going to be interesting to see what Stanford does because yeah. they're playing Oregon, which Oregon's ranked 16th right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it will be interesting to see what kind of Stanford team we're going to be playing here in two weeks. And then, you know, you kind of, you guys already kind of talked about it. I mean, the start Pac-12 play, we couldn't ask for two better opponents to really get into the Pac-12 season because you're going to have Stanford, they're going to have UCLA. Yeah. And honestly, as far as Pac-12 play, UCLA is probably our best chance at getting a W. You know, I think every other game is definitely going to be a fight. But I think realistically, on paper, we could beat UCLA no problem. Now, I say that right now, but... You're you're definitely saying it right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, We'll quote you on it. Yeah, you quote me on it. But it's just one of those things that, again, that's only if the Beavers come to play. And... And... like you said, there are some things that I even seen in this game where we have to work on. Our secondary, we needs work. Well, I would, I, I did want to say though, as far as I think we had uh, two turnovers, right? So is that yeah. the most on the season? Did we have two against Hawaii? We had as two well? against Hawaii. Yeah. Okay, so we're seeing some more of that chainsaw mm-hmm. come out, which is great. What do you, what are you seeing in the secondary that you want to see improved on? coverage we, we, well, we just, and i think yeah, yeah even miscommunication because being there that one we got burned on you could tell i think it was you can tell the secondary was kind of like 
like you missed that mm-hmm. call you're supposed to cover here and they're kind of doing that not like arguing like they're gonna punch each other i mean <laughs> too soon but um wow but they were like saying okay come on like you blew that coverage but let's and obviously then i think that encouraged them and then well, there were some there were some deep balls thrown after that they were actually really well covered yeah and so well cal poly's i mean they're a fast team yeah yeah they are so, so I do you, now. Do you guys remember what that we did have an interception? I I don't recall the play. I don't remember. We had a fumble and an interception. The interception happened like it was kind of one of those. It's like it's good we intercepted it, but it gave us really bad field position. Not that it was a huge thing because it was a. They were in. I don't know if it was our red zone, but they were approaching. They threw kind of a corner ball towards mm-hmm. the corner of the end zone, and Sean Wilson caught it like right in bounds on like our one. Yeah. So, I mean, but it was good. I mean, still at that point, that's, that's great. You want to see those turnovers. And, um, then did we have a fumble? Yeah. Is that right? Fumble recovery as yeah. well. So I just don't remember them. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying so, to remember. Well, the well, thing came. is the, um, interception that Jibia threw was actually, it, it wasn't a true interception. It was the, the ball flag. came off the back of the hit. Uh, oh, was Lima's that the, head? Okay, because I was sitting on the other side of the stadium, so I didn't see it. I thought yeah. it got deflected or something. Yeah, by helmet. Okay, <laughs> so that counts. So, yeah. um, um, we do have a couple listener questions. Before we get to that, real quick, sorry, oh, I just, just wanted gonna, to mention. Just going to cut off the lead here. I just wanted to mention that I think, well, touching on the statement of this game, I'll tell you some something that I think actually benefited from this win. I don't know if you guys heard, but there's a USC Trojan wide receiver, Devin Williams, who used to be, was a former number one athlete in the country, went to USC, just entered the transfer portal, was at that game at Oregon State against Cal Poly visiting, thinking about, we were on their list, and then he was going to go to Oregon after that game to watch the Ducks game, and then after our win, he didn't go to Oregon. Oh, that's oh, a big so, deal. Yeah. How'd you catch that? Talk about, I mean, I, I'm in my news. Oh, yeah. And so he, I think that wire. itself, if you would have saw them barely squeak by against Cal Poly, he's going to Eugene. Oh, yeah, yeah I would say, yeah, there's probably a visit. So, so we'll see. I appreciate what, what you cutting me that. off to Thank share you. that. Yeah. And, and, and let me take that back. I'm not lead. We're all the same here. Yeah. That's not true either, but we don't have to be all the same. We're, we we're bring the, different things to the table. Yeah, sure. Good job, Nate, being a no, big reporter. We're the, B- We're the B.O.B. crew. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's get through these questions. Uh, we got a little bit of time here. Um, okay. So, uh, listener question. Which teams do you see winning the Pac-12 North and South? Ooh. Interesting. Can you pull that up for me? Well, I'll, well, I'll go ahead and go. The North is Oregon, unfortunately. Actually, I got Utah for the North. They're South, aren't they? They South? I'm pretty sure they're South. They south? They? Yeah. 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 I'm a yeah. bit. So Utah South. <laughs> <laughs> you can see Zeke's really been studying the standings. <laughs> Utah South, Oregon North, unfortunately. I don't like You know who that. I actually got for the South? And again, hopefully I'm not wrong in the North. I got Arizona State. No. Yeah. In the in the North? No. South. I, okay. I just want to see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I got Arizona State. We just lost all of our legitimacy. Well, watch me. Watch, watch, Mm-mm. just, just heed Arizona, my no. words. Arizona State, Herm Edwards is doing a great job there. 
I'm not denying that. I still, I can't take, not, I still can't take them seriously. They're not going. It's going to take they're me not, a while. All right. Going above Utah. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Utah as well. Uh, that defense, I, I just think they're going to be hard to beat. Um, I'm not a hundred percent on Oregon coming I mean, out. Yeah, honestly, um, I, mean, I don't know. I I feel like it could be a wazoo year. That, that's what I was going to no. say. Coming out I, of there, I was going to say Washington State. Right, so, okay, so you're going Washington State. I'm going Washington State. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to go Washington State. I'm going to go Utah, and I think we're going to see them go for a Pac-12 title Watch, there. Y'all, y'all going to be surprised by Arizona I don't know. State. Heed my words. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll we, see. We will see. Hey, we're still trying to figure out if yeah. Utah's going to come out of the North, Zeke. So that's true. <laughs> see if they're going to. Their athletic now the director North does have three top twenty-five teams in it. Yeah, as of now. Yeah. Well, I would say overall the North is a tougher conf- or tougher. Uh, but at the side same time, the at this point of the season, I'm not as. I mean, not saying Oregon State's going to do anything necessarily, but it doesn't seem as intimidating but maybe i'm looking into that wrong maybe i'm still off the high of that cal poly win so eric we'll you're see sa- you're saying i'm washington I'm going, state i'm going wazoo utah utah those I'm are my saying picks. oregon utah i, I just know the ducks have a loss in them they always do it they're gonna do one impact 12 play it's gonna happen who knows it might even be the bees beating them not making a prediction yet. <laughs> okay, uh, which player on the OSU team has impressed you the most so far? That's a good question. That's a great question. I'm going to go which with player? Hodgins for me. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I, I, I think he actually has NFL caliber in him. Yeah. I, I, think I agree. If, I, I think he can go up. He can get balls. I mean, he, he can earn the trust of a quarterback. And I, I, I think... Really, we are very fortunate to have him on this team. He we he are. brings so much to this offense, and the support I feel like he's been for Luton has been great. So mm-hmm. I, I Hodgins, I I know that's an easy pick because mm-hmm. he's been good, but he's still impressing me, and he's he's and he's grown. Well, and he, he has. has a four star really recruit, has. and that shows. You know, he's yeah. a big time recruit, and now it's this is the first year he's getting consistency thrown his way too, which. Is huge, yeah. Did, um, which I appreciate. I, the Beavers are seeing; they're using their players, they're using their studs. Mm-hmm. That's what you. That's what you want to see. You want to go to them, yeah. and you can see he's earned the trust. Yeah, and I, I think he's an easy pick. I'm going to go with not a specific player, but the D line. I think the D line has made such an improvement. They're getting more pressure. On the oh, quarterback, hundred yeah. percent. Especially this last game, yes. touching on they're, that. they're getting more pressure on the run, and it's noticeable. It shows. Like I said, the secondary does suffer a little bit. However, I think that D line is really bringing it in this year compared to years prior. Absolutely. I mean, quarterbacks are not having the amount of time that they used to have. You know, right. they can't just sit back there and pick us apart. And you notice that right off the the first game against Oklahoma State that's one of the first things I noticed was the pressure we were getting yep was an improvement and it it causes the quarterback to feel more flustered to make a poor throw and you know I, it's just it's overall been an improvement on this defense mm-hmm. and yeah that I'm I'm fine with that you can pick the entire D line I'm going to kind of stay in the realm of you Eric but I'm going to say Champ Fleming oh okay all right you have this guy I mean He's 5'5", 140, I think, but that dude can run. We saw that play this last week. He jumped over 
that defender grabbed the ball. Randy Moss tweeted him saying, "Oh, that's be a the big catch deal. of the week." I mean, yeah. so if you have Randy Moss tweeting you, I mean, come on, he's like, feeling good. Yeah, solid. For sure. Much and also, that's what we need. Cause, cause we, a little more we, attention. We, we, we need our players to believe in themselves and to know that they can do this and get those Ws. Oh, yeah. Good. Thanks for the questions. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we have Susie Cavanaugh on the show. And we're going to have a good time, like having guests on here. So when we get back, we're going to do that. You're listening to Built on Bees. Derek and Tamara Manasco over at Impact Real Estate are ready to answer any of your home buying questions. If you're in the process or you're looking to buy a home or you just don't even know where to begin, they would love to meet with you and hear your story, hear what you're looking for in a home. They have passion for what they do. You can trust them through the home buying process. Um, go ahead and go on over to impactrealestate.com. That's the letter M as in Manasco, P-A-C-T, realestate.com. Feel free to call them at 541-231-2157. You will not be disappointed. Welcome back to Built on Beeves. We're excited to welcome our next guest, former OSU women's golfer who finished her three-year career with a scoring average of 75.27, which is fifth best in Oregon State history. She was also a former UConn hockey player. Super excited to have her. Please welcome Susie Kavanaugh to Built on Beeves. Hey guys, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Oh, we're glad to have this you. Great. We've been trying to lock. I've been trying to lock you in since July. I know it. You've been working me hard the past couple of months. You, been... you finally did it. You didn't. You didn't bail. I didn't bail. I thought about it, but uh, listen to a few episodes. You guys do you do a good job. Oh, good. Thank you. And she got some good food by our lovely oh, host Kira and Zeke, who's at the table right now without a microphone. So first time Kira, and she's leaving. So oh. okay. So Scared Zeke's away. wife, yeah, she's she's gone. No, but Susie, we're really happy to have you. You're our first former athlete to ever come on the show. You might be the last one. We don't know. See how this goes. <laughs> it depends how this turns out. So I, just kind of tell us a little bit about your background, how you ended up coming to OSU, becoming a golfer. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, the history of that. Sure. So it's, I guess, a little untraditional as uh, golfers go. Uh, I grew up playing a ton of sports, hockey and softball, golf, everything. And then uh, I chose to play hockey in college, got recruited, went to uh, UConn. was there for a year, loved it, um, good season and everything. But then I had a really, really good summer with golf after um, that year. And then people are kind of you know, saying, what are you doing? What are you doing playing hockey or decent at golf, whatever. Um, so I switched over, spent some time in Florida, worked on my game. Ended up uh, playing in the USAM when it was in Portland, and uh, oh. uh, Don, like Don Shockley, our coach, she was uh, she was there, saw me, recruited me, and um, I actually rented a car with my brother. He was my younger brother, was caddying <laughs> for me. And they uh, we rented a car, came down to Corvallis, saw it, loved the school, loved the campus, and uh, yeah, and then it just worked out from there. Just kind of lucky. That's awesome. Yeah. Wait, so were you playing golf at UConn too? No, or just just hockey. Yeah. How did your golf game get out there? Um, I just, I mean, I played like growing up. Um, I started when I was probably 11 or 12 and just, just played, kind of dabbled, didn't really do any competitive golf. And then um, started playing some state tournaments and I actually won a, a few of them that wow. after my freshman year. Um, and that's kind of when things turned and I, you know, 
had a passion for it. I guess I was decent at it. I could hit it really far, which was kind of my <laughs> thing from, I think mostly from hockey. So that kind of would catch, yeah. uh, catch people's eye. I think it caught Don's eye. So it worked out. Wow. So it's confirmed that you need a stick yep. for your sports. Pretty much. I've, I've kind of realized that. It was field hockey, hockey, golf, uh, decent at softball, I guess, bat. But uh, You did field yeah. hockey as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Four years of field hockey in high school, which was fun. It's far different from ice hockey. It's not quite as rough and way more rules, but um, it's fun. Yeah, I like wow. it. So were you locked in on Corvallis right away when you visited and you knew, like, this is what I'm going to do? I mean, more or less, I was I was certainly locked in on the fact that they wanted me, which is, you know, it's a good feeling to have. And they were, they you know, they made it seem like a really great place. And I didn't spend a whole lot of time, but um, it's far different than anything I've ever seen. Like, we don't have mountains or anything like that in Rhode Island. Um, it was a little weird, though, driving down from Portland. And I'm like, <laughs> you're driving by all these farms, and it's kind of nothing there. And it's, you know, I'm wondering where I'm going. But, um, but yeah, no, I loved it. So it worked out. Yeah, back in um, Illinois, we thought hills were mountains. So then when you moved here, <laughs> it's legitimate. Like, oh, that's what a mountain that's looks like. We had it wrong this whole time. Yeah, same. So, yeah. so when you so you end UConn, mm-hmm. is that a straight after UConn, you come to Oregon State, or what was that? Yeah, no. it was. I decided late, actually, before I went back for my sophomore year. It was like probably too late, where it was like mid-August, and I was deciding on whether to you know switch and – so I decided to switch to golf, and somebody hooked me up with um, a pro in Florida, and he, you know, uh, he said he'd give me a job down there, and you know, he'd work on my game, all this stuff, and so I kind of just moved down there in October of that uh, that fall, and then I worked at a golf course, and it was cool because I was around a ton of pros and like like professional golfers, women and men, and kind of got to see how they operate, how they practice, played some rounds with them, um, worked a ton, and just worked on my game, and then. It was that summer I went to uh, the USAM. So, oh. and I went back for one more season, one more winter of working, and then back to Rhode Island in the summer, and then out to Oregon. So, wow. yeah, it was fun. That must have been a different culture coming from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast. Oh, so different. I mean, different in many ways. I think just the pace of life and like the people. It's just everything's a little more low key here and relaxed, and um, it's it's definitely different. Probably different accent as well, right? Yeah, a little bit. I, I try. I don't think I have that bad Rhode Island accent. I hope not. But uh, yeah, no. I can, I can hear something in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I can too. Every now and That's then okay. it comes out. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the life of being kind of like a student athlete. So because it's really it's easy for us with our headset and microphones to just say whatever we want because we're not out there doing it. But the lifestyle is difficult, right? Like the the schoolwork is a part of it too, and actually training and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I loved every aspect of it. And I kind of loved that, that grind and always being busy with something. Um, so it never really bothered me. I kind of loved, you know, always having something to do with my time. Like I was never really, you know, there wasn't much downtime, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, I loved it. It was, it was tough, especially with golf, like balancing the, like the homework. And I was never one for school. So that was kind of a big thing for me. Um, they kind of turned it around for me and I ended up, you know, really enjoying it. But, um, but yeah, like on the road, having to do homework and like figure out you're gonna be missing classes, and um, so that's tough. It was it was tough, and it certainly depends on your major and like what you're studying. But um, I mean, you'd be gone for like three or four days at a time, and as in the quarter system, you miss three mm-hmm. or four days of school. I mean, you're you're way behind. I mean, it's a ten week class, and you're gone for half of you know. It was tough. Like I remember last year, I think we traveled for like fifteen days in October, 
so I mean it was like we were gone for like almost half of October and it was just it was brutal but does um, it even feel like you're in school when some, you're doing that sometimes no and I mean I take I took a ton of classes online so like I didn't lo- like I didn't love sitting oh. in class so um so I took I'd maybe take one in class like class and everything else was online um because I just liked like being able to go to a golf course when I wanted and you know not have to sit in class for a few hours so um I take a ton of my classes online and it's tough to like you need you know, you need to manage your time in that way because you're going to have homework and you got to learn the material. But um, they have like study hall. I spent a, I spent a lot of time in study hall my first couple of years till they uh, till I figured out how to how to actually do homework and uh, study and stuff. But I spent a lot of time in study hall, which was uh, which was tough. But yeah, yeah, I did, too, in high school. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Look at you now. I know. I, oh, I made it. Yeah, a question it. I have it kind of like. Because golf is a little different because you're on a team, but yet you're a solo mm. player as well. So, like, what was that like being on a – you have teammates. So, like, when you practice, what does practice look like? Are you doing things together or what kind of goes on with that? Yeah, it was – it's a, definitely a kind of a strange dynamic, as you said. You're on a team, but it's, you know, it's an individual sport. And um, But, I mean, you really can't – like, we realized as a team, you can't really get anywhere – meaning like postseason and like tournaments you want to get it to with like without your team. So you all have to kind of function and, you know, do well together. And it's cool if you do well, like one person does well. But if you want to make it to postseason, it's all about how you like play collectively. Um, so we, you know, we focus on different things and like to make that work as a team where we did different things like trying to keep um, double bogeys down. And so we had like these different competitions, um, like in tournaments of like keeping you know, we had a certain number of like double bogeys we could have a tournament. But um, in practice wise, I mean, we practice together. Um, it's often you're doing your own individual thing and like working on stuff. We do like team competitions and we do things at the end of practice. Like we all had to make a certain putt. Like I wanted to make it in a row or like we had to start over and stuff like that. Okay. And it's like pressure and those kinds of things or like team scores when we were playing 18 or nine holes um, had to be like, you know, below a certain number. And if it wasn't, we'd have to do some, you know, stuff like that. But um it is it is strange, especially coming from a hockey team when you really are a you know a tight team and you can't go out there by yourself. You've got you know all your teammates and you really got to work together. So um, it was different, but um, that's you know it goes with it. So it was, so did you golf competitively before coming to OSU? Really, or like in high school or anything? Yeah, I played like high school golf. Okay, um, I wouldn't. I mean, it was pretty like low level, I guess you could say. Um, I mean, I was shooting like mid. 40s high 40s for nine holes which like it was just fine but i mean you, you look at the players that are you know women college golfers now and like at that level d1 level they're playing you know serious tournaments all summer all year traveling around the country and throwing up good numbers and i just you know i played and i was fine but i wasn't at that level i don't think an intriguing thing uh, i'm just so like enamored by kind of because i'm so used to like the baseball and bas or like basketball and, and football a lot of the game is kind of that locker room mm. type stuff so like yeah. with golf what do you guys do to like get pumped up or is it get pumped up or is it like calm down and it's kind of the opposite thing what does that look like yeah it's a little bit of both and that was kind of a main like a big thing for me is like you said like the locker room stuff and that's really where you feel like you build big like you know strong bonds and you have all these jokes and it's just you're hanging out and it's a good time to like grow as a team and we don't have that um so we do we try and like replace it with different things like you know like going out to dinner ice cream that kind of (laughs) stuff like just trying to spend time together but um 
and it's I mean at the same time though like you're on the golf course and you're really not gonna see your teammates I mean especially like 36 whole days okay. you see them in the morning when you tee off after all like they're warming up and you don't see them again I mean you might give a wave you might see somebody here and there but you're not gonna see them again for 10 hours like Dang. it's just like you know that's it so I mean we you try and get pumped up and like we have our team goals we go over before the before the thing but at the same time like you don't want to get too pumped up. It's golf. I mean, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's trying to keep it as level. But um, you get fired up. You see if somebody makes a birdie. You see him make a good shot. You clap for him. Give him a wave. And that's our big, like, you know. So it's not quite up. like a happy Gilmore, Adam Sandler type of environment. Not quite. Not that quite. us I mean, non-golfers want to believe is there. <laughs> not quite. I mean, I think I tried to bring some of that when I came with, like, my hockey background. And yeah. it was kind of weird for me when people were, like, so you know, low key. And I'm so used to like, you know, the action and being in the locker room and, you know, so it was, it was different. You know, I thought about that. You must really be inspired by Happy Gilmore and really love that movie. He's a legit hockey player to golf. Yeah. I mean, more or less. That's a little bit goofy. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was all serious. I mean, no, it's (laughs) I thought he was a pro. (laughs) It's shooting or Gavin. (laughs) Oh, sure. Uh, No, I mean, like more or less. Yeah. And it's just, you always get those jokes. And I did like that he hit it far, and that was like, you know, it was relatable, I suppose, but um, a little goofy for me, but. <laughs> and Susie does hit it far. Me and Nate got a chance she to does, play with yeah. her. <laughs> Two on one, plus we had a handicap, and she still blew us out. It was good. I mean, you guys, you yeah, guys did right. She taught us some things. Yeah. They're, they're you know. I, I remember when I talked to Susie about it, she's like, yeah, you guys were good. And I kind of looked at her, I'm like, yeah. She's like, you guys were fun to play with. <laughs> Nate, Nate was okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was, the company was great. You guys, there's a lot of potential there. Yes. Can, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. I think we end it there. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was, that was a very diplomatic yeah. way of saying it. Uh, now, with that being said, obviously you switched over from hockey to golf. Was there someone that you knew in the golf world that uh, inspired you to go into the golf game? I mean, more or less, I mean, growing up, I mean, obviously, I just remember watching Tiger Woods, like, all the time, and just, you know, that was really kind of what got me into the game, and I think a lot of people can say that, and I think he, you know, grew the game tremendously. Um, I mean, switching over, not really, I guess. Um, I knew just a lot of people, like, hockey players make decent golfers, just because of their hands and whatever, Um, but it wasn't somebody who, like, I, like, saw them do it, and it was for me, like, that wasn't why I did it or anything, but um, definitely just playing golf, I think, Tiger Woods, like, watching Phil Phil Mickelson and all those guys, but um, it wasn't anything, I don't know, not really, like, switch over, but, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. I was going to say, for our generation, I almost wonder where golf would be without Tiger Woods. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, because no for most of us, that's the only golfer we knew mm-hmm. in the mainstream. Oh, for sure. I mean, they talk about it now, especially like with his comeback and everything and what he did for the game. I mean, he's his talent is unbelievable. And I just remember watching him dominate like so many tournaments and like the Tiger effect. And, you know, it fired people up to play. And I don't think without him, we'd, we'd be where we are with golf now. And you see all these young guys now on tour that are just, they're so good. And like, there's so many guys that are so good. And without him, I don't think that would, you know, would happen. It was unreal seeing him win. Um, it was the masters, right? Mm-hmm. And he won- yeah. That crowd that was behind him was like nostalgia from the nineties. Oh yeah. Again. It was insane. And then like last year, the tour championship, same thing when they like stormed the storm, the green, it was, well, 
that was sweet. That was sick. I actually, I have to say, I, I kind of called that last year well before the Masters, and nobody believed me. So I. Uh, <laughs> so you saw it coming. You saw the Woods oh, yeah. win coming. Okay. I saw. I saw. I saw the. I saw the Masters win coming. I. I mean, I just have a lot of faith in Tiger. So. There we go. <laughs> so what's it like in the golf experience? Touching on like fans and stuff mm-hmm. to have that kind of fan experience. What was that like? Did you get it much or? I mean, a little bit. Golf doesn't get a whole lot of uh, fans out there just because, I mean, it, it just doesn't. I mean, we're playing, we hardly have any, like, home, we don't really have any home events. And, um, but yeah, I mean, you get, it was, it's fun. Like, I've been in a couple of big tournaments where you get a good, you know, a good following or if you're doing really well. Um, and that's super, that's super fun. Um, it definitely, like, it puts a little pressure on you when you know people are yeah. watching and people are following you. But uh, you kind of have to just tune it out and uh, and just go play. But it's, I look at, like, you know, women's basketball and football and all those, you know, the teams that play in front of thousands and thousands of people. And it's just, it's incredible. But You said your brother caddied for you? Yeah. What's that dynamic like when uh, he does that? Oh, it's fun. He's uh, he's kind of goofy. He's uh, he, he mostly just, he doesn't really... He knows more what he's talking about now, but okay. back then he had no idea. He's like he's... just handing you the clubs <laughs> yeah, you exactly. asked for. Yeah, oh, Not yeah. even the right clubs. Yeah, no. <laughs> just... he's, he's got no clue. It's It was funny. He's just more to keep me like, at, like keep my head away from golf and just distract wow. me and he's just like, you know, talk and um, he's starting to figure it out more now and he's he's much older now, but um, but yeah, he's just, he's, he's super fun to have around. That can be a bold move sometimes, bringing your family member to caddy. Yeah. That could go that bad. Could go bad. Or... <laughs> yeah. My my dad's always been asking a caddy for me, and I just I haven't I haven't let him yet. I just Uh-oh. don't think I ever could. I feel I feel terrible about it because he loves it and he like got me into the game. But uh, does does he know this? Because I, I mean, he might listen. He could listen know. if I if I told him, he'd for sure listen. So okay, we'll see. So we don't we don't know yet. We don't know up yet. in the air. Up in the air. If I let him know, but I mean, he'd be sad. I I mean, eventually I'll let him caddy for me. But uh, he's just a little a little intense. So. <laughs> And you're gonna caddy soon. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, my teammate Olivia Benzin, we graduated together, and um, she's going. She's going pro for sure. Um, she made it oh, through wow. stage one of qualifying school, and she's got stage two coming up um, in like beginning of October. So we're going out to uh, Florida, and so she's got status either way on the Symmetra Tour, which is like the level right below LPGA. So she's got some status already just based on how she did. Um, in uh, stage one but if she, you know depending on how she does in stage two she'll get lpga starts and um it'll be good so i'm excited to to go do that with her it'll be fun so if you're caddy for that like what does that look like for you being the caddy what do you what do i do do, do uh so like we're gonna play a few practice rounds before so i'll go with like the yardage book and map out everything um uh-huh. figure out like the numbers shoot things because we can't use like a, a yardage gun everything's paced off um okay so yeah, like finding numbers that she needs or would want, like mapping the greens, figuring out where pins might be. I don't know if they'll give us the pins ahead of time. Um, so yeah, just like kind of mapping it out, seeing, you know, everything, um, you know, which shots are uncomfortable for her, which shots, you know, we need to like look at more closely, how we're gonna like attack the course. Um, and then obviously like when we play, carry the bag, keep her hopefully calm, sane, distract her from uh, the game, and then, yeah, and hopefully, you know, some decision-making, reading some greens, whatever she needs kind of thing. Just keep her keep her happy and at ease. Yeah. So. Well, Susie, as a regular listener of this show, as we know you are. Oh, yeah. Because you've told us. Yeah. You know, we do a segment called The Rundown. Mm-hmm. A couple times we've had some men's and women's golfers come up on that rundown. Oh, yeah. So kind of tell us a little bit, right now on both those teams kind of where they're at because mm-hmm. i know the women's 
team just had a tournament this past weekend. So kind of just for the average listener, they're not following golf. So what, what should we know about these teams and where they're at right now? Oh, yeah. Um, big things happening with golf, uh, men's and women's. Women's just finished up a tournament today, and they won, uh, which was huge. They won by like wow. eight shots um, up in uh, Washington State. So that was a huge win for them. Ellie, uh, Ellie Slama, she did pretty well. She finished second um, in the tournament in the field, so that's awesome. And um, they actually have a home tournament coming up, which, okay. I mean, home. It's up in Portland um, at Waverly Country Club. But they haven't hosted a tournament. They didn't host one the whole time I was here. So um, this will be cool. I'm definitely going up to go watch some of that and see them compete. Um, so that's next Monday and Tuesday, if anybody's in the area, come out and support. Um, so that's really good. And then the men, they just did, they just did really well, too. They were up at, uh, in Washington and Seattle. I think they finished fourth in their tournament. And uh, Spencer Tibbetts, he's a junior, sophomore. Um, junior. 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 They confirmed I, that a couple I weeks did, ago. Uh, did a rundown well done. on him. Well done. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. <laughs> um, he finished. He, he, he won. He was. I think he was. I don't know if he got sole winner, but he was tied for first. And um, so that was really good. And they're hosting a tournament actually at Tristing Tree coming wow. up in a few weeks. I'm not exactly sure the dates. Um, but yeah, they're hosting a tournament right at uh, right at the tree in Corvallis. So uh, yeah, that'll be good. So. Yeah, it's good stuff. Speaking of Tristing Tree, mm. what difficulty level is that compared to a lot of courses you play? I mean, there's some good things about Tristing. Uh, it's it's pretty wide open, though. I mean, there's not yeah. a whole lot of places. Where, Great uh, for me. Yeah, it's good. It's good for like the weekend golfer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'd have to. We did a lot of things like when we were practicing or qualifying there. We would do. Our coaches would make like certain sides of the rough like out of bounds, or okay. we'd have to like. You hit it in the right rough, and you just have to chip it back into the fairway, and you know, and count it as a stroke. And it was, you know, so they do things like that to make it harder. If you like short sided yourself or something like that, you'd have to add a stroke. So we found ways to toughen it up. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just the wide open kind of, you know, field it is. But um, in the actual uh, Corvallis Club, a mm-hmm. little more difficult. Yeah, yeah, a little definitely more difficult. Um, a lot tighter trees everywhere, kind of windy, some goofy holes. Um. But yeah, really good spot there too. So we did a lot of a lot of playing out there. So I'm excited to play that. I got a yeah. free game. Oh yeah, that'll be good. We're going. What's the toughest course you've played? <sighs> That's tough. Uh, <laughs> it is tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, we played. It's tough. It's tough to say because it, it it depends on like what. And there's different things of different courses that are tough. Right. Um, Nanea is is a pretty tough golf course. It's a fair golf course. That's in in uh, Hawaii, and we. Pac-12 championships there every year. That's oh. tough. Um, Sahali in Washington. That was uh, it's a beautiful golf course, but very very tough. Um, yeah, those are up there. And uh, Palos Verdes in California. We had our Pac-12 championship there this past year, and we didn't we didn't do so great. Um, we struggled there big time. That was yeah. a that was a tough golf course. But um, there's some there's some tough ones for sure. They're all tough for me. Yeah. So look at that. Even the par three golf city. Oh, come on now. I took a shot off a uh, stump. A stump, yeah. So that was... we, we decided not to post it yet, but it might happen. We'll see. <laughs> Yikes. Well, let's get into hockey. Oh. So this is something oh. me and Susie got fired up on this past week. We were talking about it off air. Mm-hmm. Um, not much out west. Obviously, you come from Rhode Island. Where hockey's the number one sport there, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So what we sell us, how do, how does Corvallis, how does Oregon State get a hockey program? I know. I wish they, I wish they had it. Um, I honestly think so Seattle's getting an NHL team in the next few years. And I think mm. that's really going to grow it out here. Um, get people more excited. Cause I mean, the closest you guys have is 
you know, the San Jose Sharks and then Vancouver. But um, I think once Seattle gets a team, I really hope that hockey kind of grows. And then, um, I mean, I think uh, Arizona State, I mean, I think that should hopefully, I mean, eventually grow it in the Pac-12. They did really, really well. They were a, a Division One like, club team. And then they transferred over to NCAA Division One. Did phenomenally um, well. They, I think, they ended up ranked like fifteenth or nineteenth in the country. They made it to like postseason, wow. made it to the tournament. I mean, they were a club team like a couple of years ago. So, um, I mean, if they can make it in the desert, I think we can make it here. Um, we need to, we need a rank. I know there's one in Eugene, but we don't have, we don't have any ranks around here. And we don't want to go to Eugene anyway. No, no, so no, we're no good. definitely not. <laughs> so, uh, but I hope, I hope once it comes to Seattle that it, it kind of grows a bit because it's kind of sad with no hockey out here. Well, with, so with Arizona State, mm-hmm. I think I remember seeing that. So the tournament, it's the Frozen Four. Mm-hmm. So is it a 16-seed tournament? Yes, yeah, it's a 16-seed. And I, I know they made it, I don't know if they made it through their region or not, but they uh, they did really well. I think, I remember looking it up. I think they were eliminated in the first round. The first but round. but that's a really big deal because oh, that's yeah. the first ever Pac-12 school to do anything mm-hmm. like that. And they're still the only D1. Oh, yeah. Sure. So, but yeah. that, that there is the pack eight, right? Yeah. So what is, what is that? Do you... So that's just like a, it's club level. So it's not part of the NCAA and it's, it's great. It's, it's good. Um, we, I mean, we don't have a team Oregon, I think does. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's run through the NCHA, which is like the national collegiate, uh, or national club hockey association and, um, something like that. And, uh, so it's good. I mean, it's it's just a not it's not recognized by the NCAA, and it's just a, a much lower level. I think um, it's a lot of guys who you know have played hockey their whole lives and stuff like that, but didn't didn't make it either to D three or D one. Good, you know, pretty decent players, but not quite to the caliber of D one um, NCAA. So um, I mean, it's it's a step, and those teams could do like developed into actual NCAA teams, but it's not there yet. But hopefully, in the future. So I was going to say, so to make it clear, men's hockey. Mm-hmm. So where's women's hockey kind of at right now? Is that all out east? Yeah, pretty much. I, I think there's a couple teams that might have a women's team out here. But um, yeah, definitely all out east. ASU doesn't have a women's team for the D1 level. Um, yeah, mostly out east, you know, Midwest, those kinds of schools. But uh, yeah, no, nothing, nothing out here, which is a bummer. I mean, all they have women's lacrosse, which, I mean, it's sort of, I mean, I guess the closest thing in a sense where like mm-hmm. that's a big East Coast thing and um, some Pac-12 schools have women's lacrosse, but no hockey. Do you have a prediction for the next Pac-12 school to go D1 out of that Pac-8? It would have to be one of the ones that are up there that, that do really well. I don't know if Arizona, if they also have a pretty decent school um, and a de- decent team, but I would, I would hope that like, Washington, if they have it, I'm pretty sure they have a team after Seattle comes. And I mean, if they get an NHL team, I think it'll just grow from there. Um, I would love it if like Oregon State did one, but I think we're far out from that. I'd love it too. Yeah. I know we were talking, it'd be fun to go to like a hockey game here in Corvallis. Oh, so fun. And you can even have the band in there because I oh. think Penn State does that. Oh, yeah. So I mean, it's, wow. it's a good environment. Hockey games are, are fun. So that'd be fun. So, one last question. Mm-hmm. And then we're, we're going to finish this up. You have a lot of sayings in the sports that you play. So okay. what would be, what's your favorite golf saying? And what's your favorite hockey saying? Oh, that's tough. What do you oh, mean like tough. golf saying? Like what yeah, do you like, 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 like a warm burner. A warm burner? What does that mean? <laughs> like a, 
usually when someone hits it really thin or like tops it and it it just goes along the ground and it's like a worm burner like you burn all the worms Wow. Um, it's more of just like a wow. sort of like, not like it's mainly what I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've said it a few times with Eric. <laughs> took a while oh, to figure okay. out. Ah, at first, I'm like, oh, she's kind of complimenting me. But no, no, not what's happening. No, I mean, I'm not not complimenting you, but it's just sometimes they work out great. You know, just keep them keep them under the wind, keep it low. That's uh, I don't know though. Um, that's a tough one. You're on you're on the spot. I'll, I'll ask a final question to make it easier because that was a hard question. Yeah, we'll come back around. She'll answer. I have a feeling. <laughs> what was not. the biggest part of your golf game that improved from your first year at Oregon State to your final year? Mm, that is a good question. That's really good. Um, definitely my short game, for sure. Um, I came in and I was pretty, like, raw. I kind of had, like, one one shot. Like, I would, you know, like a standard way of hitting it. And then I came in and I learned tons of different ways to hit different shots. And uh, my putting got so much better. And I just became more, like, versatile with how I you know played you know in and around the greens because it's it's great to hit the ball far but at the end of the day the the shots that all matter and I come down to it are around the green so Mm -hmm. um definitely uh improved my arsenal with that and you know got much better in that respect so much better question yeah really good question (laughs) what an expert (laughs) (laughs) good thing he's here put you on the spot there Susie, thanks for joining us. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, you think you'll be back? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, thank you guys. That's not sarcasm. That's genuine. No, it's yeah. genuine. 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 Thank you guys. And when we get back, we're going to do the rundown. You're listening to Built on Bees. Ever thought about a lifestyle change or wanted to get some healthy recipes for dinner? Well, consider living life more wonderfully and check out A Blossoming Life for great ideas for life, dinner, and much more. You can learn more at ablossominglife.com. That is ablossominglife.com. Welcome back to Built on Beeves. It is time for the rundown. The rundown. Rundown. And just an apology for last week of laughing way too much. Laughing. I know. This is where the rundown just gets weird. The rundown just falls apart. We're just... We're too drained. Too we're emotionally drained. Susie's Susie was on. I can't even say her name. We got all nutty. We're we're just out of it right now. Yeah. Over caffeinated too on my end, huh? That's probably true. Oh my goodness. It's always true. And a little too much carbonated water. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. No, we you don't. don't know. You don't know what okay. I'm okay. Oh, hey, hey, no, no. Hey, hey, I'll I'll take lead here. Okay. Zeke. All right. I'm the BOB crew. Sorry, <laughs> I know. We're all mutual. <laughs> no one has leadership roles on this thing. Hey Zeke, do you want to get us started on the rundown? <laughs> Please, little Zeke, women, start little talking soccer. So let's okay. Let's, get, let's go and just go because they're doing so good. We need to hear about it. So the women's soccer team is doing a great job. They're seven and zero overall. That's four and zero at home and three zero away. The last game they played was against the University of Rice at Houston, Texas. It looks like Eric was able to get through that without a laugh. Not even laughing. No, I'm good. And honestly, it, it was one of the closest games yet we had against Rice, and that was a 2-0-1 win in OT. The next game is coming up September 19th, which is a Thursday, and it's going to be here in Corvallis at Paul Lorenz Field. Tickets are 4 to $6, not free. Yeah, <laughs> no. And then after that, September 20th, Saturday, we're going to be in Pullman, Washington, against Washington State. So look forward to the women's soccer team and continuing their success. What is going on with the program? Best start in... Oregon State program history. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it with a first year coach. That coach needs here? a raise. Yes. Agreed. 
My goodness. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go into next week, but we, I mean, I'm, I'm excited with the bye week for football to maybe talk more about this soccer team, but also the other soccer team. Cause the men's side is doing great too. It's here. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. So they're three and three. Now they're on a two game losing streak, unfortunately, but both of those were close. They lost to grand Canyon one to zero on September 12th, followed by a loss to UC Santa Barbara three to two. So both of those were pretty close games. Um, to continue into their future, they have games this Thursday against UCLA at home at research or not research. The research. <laughs> They're <laughs> selling out research. research. That's how good Paul they are. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, seven o'clock UCLA. Then they have a game Sunday against San Diego state two o'clock. It's so. funny you say that. Cause actually the Chicago bears and the Chicago fire, which is Chicago's professional soccer team. Actually played on the same field for years, and I think they actually might again go too. back. That's yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. That's that's one of the things that the MLS I think in the beginning era of the MLS didn't work well because they would keep playing in these football stadiums and they couldn't fill it, so the environment just didn't work. Yeah. So, but I think the three of us we really need to go to a men's and women's soccer game for sure. Agreed. We we gotta get over there. Uh, let's talk women's volleyball. I've said it so many times. Another program that is turning it around from last year. So they just had the Red Hawk Invitational, um, won all three of their matches there. So okay, they beat New nice. Mexico 3-2, beat Gonzaga, the Cheese, 3-1, and Seattle, 3-0. So they're doing really well. They have another um, three-match event coming up. So they're going to be at the Hollywood Sweets UNC CSU Classic. Sometimes when I don't pronounce things properly, I just think I need to give it to Nate. Am I saying that right? Where are we looking at? Right there. That that. Not Hollywood. <laughs> Homewood. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Not even close. Those are two very different places. The Homewood Sweets. I, I just gotta give stuff to, to Nate. The Homewood Sweets. Hey, to be UNC fair, CSU English Classic. is yeah. Eric's second language. That's so. true. I I think yeah. You know what? You gotta Thank remember you. that. You know what? After going against me a lot last week, I appreciate you defending me this week, you defending bet. my honor. I appreciate that. Okay, so they're going to go to Homewood, all right? Um, they're going to play Northern Colorado, Colorado State, and Cal Poly. Oh, let's nice. beat them again. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. So, okay, that's a rundown. Let's wrap it up. Uh, remember, listen, subscribe, and share the show, and follow us on our social media outlets. You can also send a line by emailing builtondeves at gmail.com. For Zeke and Nate, I'm Eric. Thanks for listening. We are Built on Beeves.